I want to talk to you today about the light of the party. How many of you have ever heard of, man, Sally, she's the life of the party. How many of you have ever heard of the life of the party before? Are y'all with me today? You've never heard that? Okay. You, you, how many of you have heard of life of the party? Thank you. We're going to talk about the light of the party. Listen to this story right now. Making decisions in the dark can lead to some regrettable consequences. Back in the day before electricity, a tight-fisted old farmer was taking his hired man to task for carrying a lidded lantern when he went to call on his best girl. Why, he exclaimed, when I went to court and I never carried one of them things, I always went in the dark. Yes, the hired man said, and look what you got. <laughs> I'd rather make decisions in the light. How about you? Light always brings life and obviously a good-looking wife. The Bible says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Just think about I mean, you can just meditate on the word of God. You are a special people. If you are born again today, very special. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Pray with me as we talk about the light of the party today. Father, we just thank you for your presence. We celebrate mothers who are amazing lights in homes places of business and places of worship and schools. And Father, we celebrate mothers and women in general today. Bless them. Bless this time as we dive into your word. Father, we thank you for our guests today. Ask that you would speak to them. Speak to all of us. Father, let the information, the, the knowledge go from our heads down into our heart so that it can bring transformation power. Transform us. Our goal is to become more like you. So Holy Spirit, we invite you here. Just say that with me. Holy Spirit, we invite you here. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, last week, Connor preached, and I thought he did a, a marvelous job, didn't you? He preached on, amen. He preached on being salt. He preached on being salt of the earth. I walked away from that thinking, you know, salt gives flavor. We're to flavor it up. Salt preserves and salt also creates thirst, living in such a way that creates thirst in the people's heart when it comes to Jesus Christ. God calls us to be salt of the earth, but he also calls us, listen to me, to be light. Everyone say light. He calls you to be salt, but he also calls you to be light. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. This is code red, Jesus talking to you. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Light of the world. You know, salt has to do with earth and ground. And uh, I, I went to school in Kentucky. There was a, a, a town there called Salt Lake City. It, people would come from everywhere to go there to get salt back in the day. And salt is of the earth, but light is of the cosmos. Light is, is like the adornment of the stars and, and, and the moon. And it's all about decoration. It's all about the ornaments of the earth. Light and salt 
have two different purposes, light and salt. How many of you would say, pass the light, please. I need some light on my steak. (laughs) How many would you do that? You wouldn't do that. Even though Jesus tells us to be salt and light, they both have two major different purposes. Salt affects you from the inside and light affects us from the outside. What I'm trying to get across today, no matter we're the salt of the earth, the light of the world, God wants us to influence people everywhere we go all the time for his name's sake. You know, we're not just to live, go to the restaurants and gas stations and school and college or whatever, just to live for ourselves. We're called to be salt and light to this world around us. So as he talked about salt last week, I said, you know what? I want to talk about light. I want to talk about God calls me and you to be light. Yesterday, the single moms outreach, what we tried to honestly be was to be salt and light. To love on mothers, to help any way we could. You should have heard the the, the letter that Radine read to me on the way to church this morning. I mean, it was phenomenal. It's like, hey, I got three years of gifts in like an hour or whatever in, in one day. I mean, it was powerful. Why? Because we're just trying to be salt and light. If you've never came to a single mom's outreach or one of our outreaches, you should consider that. You should consider doing something like that. It's absolutely off the hook, and I'm not, I'm not teasing about that. But Paul talked about being salt and light. He talked about affecting people's life. He talked about the things that he did in order for the gospel's sake. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 9, 20 through, 22 through 23. He says this, to the weak I've become weak that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. None of this I do. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. My point is that Paul, the disciples, and Jesus, wherever we are, we're to impact lives for Jesus Christ. I don't care where you go today, what you do this week, we're to be salt and light to the world around us. I love first mentions in the Bible just because I think first mentions are very important. And the Bible says this in Genesis 1, 3, and 4. It says, then God said, let there be light. How many of you know that scripture? Let there be light. And guess what? There was light. And this is what I love about it. And God saw the, the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Everyone say this with me. Light is good. Light is very, very good. I, I saw the other day on the internet, someone sent me a, 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 to, to check this out, and scientists have discovered a bright light flash the moment life begins. When the sperm hits the egg, there's a, there's a bright flash of light. Isn't that beautiful? Light is, light is a good thing. Um, I used to feel really intimidated when I... Uh, uh, was around certain folks, and, and let, let me qualify this, they're good friends of mine, so they're wonderful people, love Jesus, but I remember many years ago when I was younger in the Lord, and we were young youth pastors, I remember people talking like this, oh, I was flying into Las Vegas, and it was so dark, it was so heavy, and 
so, so thick or Salt Lake City or, or maybe another nation, whatever it was. It, it was so full of darkness and heavy. I remember one person uh, saying, if I'm not mistaken, you know, I went to my motel room and I couldn't even, I couldn't even function. I, I couldn't come out of my motel room. And, and, and I don't mean mean towards them, but that impacted me. Like, am I, am I supposed to feel those things? I mean, get to Vegas and it's heavy. And, and yeah, granted, there's atmospheres and there's strongholds in different areas and so forth and so on. I get that. But let me tell you what the Bible says. Let me tell you, let me tell you what the Bible says. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says this. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. If you're a believer here today, I want to let you know, you, Jesus says this, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp, put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Listen. If a city or a house or a community or a family or a region or a nation or a person is all about darkness, guess what? That person, that region, that nation is missing. You. It's missing you. It's missing you. Because the Bible says that you are the light of the world. We sing this, when you walk into the room, everything changes. Darkness starts to tremble at the light that you bring. When you walk into the room, everything changes. Darkness starts to tremble. Come on. How do you think that Jesus walks into the room? How do you think Jesus walks into the nation? How do you think Jesus walks into a city? How do you think Jesus walks into a school or onto a nation or into a, a campus or into an office or into a How do you think Jesus walks into those places? You and I. That's how he walks into that classroom tomorrow morning. That's how he walks into the office. Thessalonians 5, 5 says, you're all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Listen to Ephesians 5, 8 through 9. For you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. When your feet hit Honduras, when your feet hits Ethiopia, when your feet hits L.A. or Las Vegas or uh, uh, Capital Christian or wherever you, your feet, you know, it's no longer just dark because light has showed up. You are the light of the world. It better, it better, it better lighten up a little bit. Tell your neighbor right now, you're the light of the world. Let there be light when you get there, like buzz light. <laughs> I'm going to say a couple of things today. I got to give you a warning. Can I warn you? Yes. 
just on the package. If you have been stuck in religiosity, this may get underneath your skin. And I hope it does it in a good way. I never mean just to offend. Well, occasionally I might need, mean to offend. Not, I don't think the word offense. May, I occasionally want to get underneath your skin so that hopefully we can be open to not being stuck in tradition. The Bible says the traditions of man makes the word of God of no effect. You can get stuck in tradition and stuck in religiosity and not be effective. I want to talk to you today about Jesus and being light of the world. quote that I got from my, my really good friend, Mark Estes. Can I read this to you? Are you ready for this quote? Okay. Do I have the majority? I'm going to read it, and you're going to know why I said that. Salt and light, it's called. Our Christian habit is to be well the world's deteriorating standards with an air of rather self-righteousness, dismay. We criticize its violence, dishonesty, immorality, disregard for human life, and the materialistic greed. The world is going down the drain, and we say, we say with a shrug. But whose fault is it? Who is to blame? Let me put it like this. If the house... It's dark when the night falls comes. There is no sense to blame in the house for what, for that is what happens when the sun goes down. The question is to be asked, where's the light? If, if the meat goes bad and becomes inedible, there's no sense in blaming the meat for that's what happens when bacteria are left alone to breed. The question is to ask, where's the salt? Just so, if society deteriorates and its standards decline till it becomes like dark night or stinky meat, there's no sense of blaming society. For that's what happens when fallen men and women are left to themselves and human selfishness is unchecked. The question is to ask is, where is the church? Why are the salt and the light of Jesus Christ not permeating and changing our society? It is, a sheer, it is sheer hypocrisy on our part to raise our eyebrows, shrug our shoulders, and wring our hands. The Lord Jesus told us to be the world and light. If therefore darkness and rottenness abound, it is our fault and we must accept the blame. It's not going to be politics. It's not going to be the economy. It's going to be the church that changes. Stop looking to the Senate and the House and the President and schools. It's the God builds the church, and the church, all hell may come against it, but it will not prevail. We are to be the salt and light to this world. We are to change the society around us. Stop looking everywhere else. You're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. Radine and I was in Vegas a couple of weeks ago, and we actually went there just to like chill and to take a nap. <laughs> and honestly, we were, we were tired and to sit around a pool to maybe read a book or two. And 
And as soon as we got off the airplane, one of the stewards says, what are you here for? You know, everyone assumes that you're there to, to party and, you know, whatever. And so we're, we're like, hey, we're here for the sun. She, you come to Las Vegas for the sun? Yeah, we like the sun and to chill and to rest and so forth and so on. And we're staying at this big motel. You get killer deals going to Las Vegas, staying in this big motel. And, and um, whenever you walked to the, there was like seven restaurants in the motel. And when you walk to the restaurants, you go through the casino. Not, not always, but most of the time you have to go through the casino to get to the, to the different restroom. I mean, not restrooms, but <laughs> we had a restroom in our, in our motel room. But to get to the restaurants, right? And so, uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting if you're not used to that. But uh, we just go to a restaurant and pull and read. And we had a really, really, really awesome time. I mean, it was a really fun time just hanging out with my wife. The last night we got through eating some Asian food and we're walking back up to our room and, and we're going through the casino. And there's like this buzz happening around this table and a lot of people are around it and you know people are excited what have you and I go ready let's go and check this out we get there and and I'm like I honestly don't know what the, the game is I mean I'm like I'm asking somebody around us one of the guys playing the game he heard me ask what the game was he said he said are you are you for real and I'm like yeah I mean it's they're throwing dice, right? And I mean, I could say it's dice, but they did call it dice, and they also called it craps. And last night I said crap, and I didn't mean to say that. I won't say it. I mean, it was literally called craps, and we're walking, and we're watching, and this guy had just won $8,000, right? And he was all excited, and I kicked up a really cool conversation with a guy standing right beside me, right? And I'm just always thinking, you know, maybe I can, maybe, maybe... After I get a conversation going, I can be a little light, you know what I'm saying? A little salt. And so pick, kick, pick, pick, la, 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 la. <laughs> kick up a conversation with this guy, and, and it was very, very cool. And, and he was saying, man, this guy just won $8,000. And then this guy started trying to teach me the game. And I, I kind of acted like I cared. But I was like, bro, I just, I mean, it was complicated. I'm like, I yeah, 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 yeah. But I didn't really care. I'm like, that's too complicated. I, that doesn't even sound fun. And he, he makes some few statements. He goes, the guy that just won $8,000, he moved to another table. He said, that guy probably is going to lose all the money before he leaves here today. And I'm thinking, why would you do something like that? I mean, take the $8,000 and get out of here. You know what I'm saying? But that's not how the guy was literally at another table. He says, he'll probably lose all that money before he leaves today. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, it's an addiction, man. It's addiction. He says, I lost $20,000 last month. And I'm like, wow. And I told him, I says, we're pastors and we're here from Coeur d'Alene. And then he began to share with me how he loved God, how he was he had moved there to kind of get a new beginning for Virginia, how he's moving his daughters over. And I walked away, and I, you know, we were just trying, shared with him about the church that we pastored and what have you. This is all going on in a casino at the craps table. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we didn't do an altar call. We're just trying to be salt and light. Just trying to love on people around. Just trying to reach people. You know, even in 30 seconds or 60 seconds. And, you know, have you ever seen this thing before, like, warning, don't try this at home? 
Now, if you're addicted to gambling, don't, don't go do something like that, right? That's not what I'm talking about today. You know, you shouldn't do that. But, but I want to let you know that God calls me and you to be salt and light to this world around. Wherever you are, God wants to reach people wherever they are, uh, wherever you are even today, wherever you go today, wherever you go this week. I don't think that we should have an attitude like, oh, it's just, wow. I, I don't see Jesus freaking out around people who struggled with sin. He, he, he just didn't. If they were in a di- he knew why he came. Jesus came to impact our culture, you guys, Amen. to impact the school. How many t- how, how often can we blame so, oh, it must be the board of education, and it must be the teacher, and it must, when God wants you to influence I don't think that we should speak evil of this world any longer unless you've poured out your salt upon the world. Unless you have pulled out your light and be a light to this world. I say, don't speak evil of it any longer. The God says, you're the light and you're the salt. Jesus came. This is what it says in Matthew 4, 16. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. I want to let you know, when you walk into the place, there should be a light that dawns in that area. Wherever it is this week, whatever classroom you go into, I, see Je- I don't see Jesus getting all stressed out. Like, he got invited to a party one night. Call it a banquet. Call it a dinner. I think it was probably more like a p- party, to be honest with you. And it was Matthew. Matthew had just started following Jesus, and the Bible talks about Matthew throwing a big big banquet. I don't see Jesus going, I don't know if I should go there. I might sin. Now, if you can't go somewhere and it's going to cause you to sin, hear what I'm saying today. Don't go there. Don't, don't, that's not, please don't go say, pastor tells me to go do all this and be a sinner. And no, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying be salt and light wherever you are because it's t- I think it's time for the church to really make an impact in our nation and our cities. And it starts with just you and I, each individually being intentional and being salt and light wherever we are. Listen to this story about Jesus. Matthew 9, 9 through 13 says this. This is Jesus invited by Matthew to go to this banquet. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a a man named Matthew sitting at a tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. I think that's pretty cool in itself right there. Just, I was a tax collector. I'm following Christ. Later, Matthew invited, if you're going to follow somebody, man, he's got something going on, doesn't he? I mean, he, he was full of life. Full of answers, power. That's what God wants us to be, you and I, salt and light. Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home uh, as a dinner guest. One translation says banquet. Along with, look look who are the, the attenders of this banquet. Along with tax collectors and other disruptible sinners. Are you feeling me? 
But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat with, with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of the scripture. I want you to show, uh, uh, offer sacrifices, for I've come to call those who think they are righteous. No, let me back that up. I didn't read that right. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. That's one thing that I knew. I was a sinner. And I thank God that he called me. Jesus, can you imagine being a doctor? People, this you walk out, and they've got flu and virus, and they've been throwing up, and they're all <laughs> eyes water, and you go, ah! <laughs> what are you doing here? Well, aren't you the doctor? Yeah, but you're unhealthy. <laughs> Leave. I might. Right? This, I mean, Jesus kind of says that, right? He comes for the unhealthy, right? Mark says this in his account. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples, Mark 2.15, to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. Look what it says here. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. Wow! Look who followed Christ. It didn't make him nervous people may come to heart of the city church all those folks in there they don't dress like church folk i'd be like praise god i suited up today for mamas right my my wife and but my point here is that i would love people to feel comfortable coming in here to meet jesus christ However that may be, you want to wear a suit, praise God, please do. Whatever that means. But I want them to experience Jesus and his love and what he has for them. Jesus was the light of the party. He wasn't a stick in the mud. I can't see Jesus at Matthew's, at Matthew's house like, oh, man, look at these people around. I mean, these are thugs, man. Wow. These are dirt bags. Well, we're all dirt bags without the spirit of Jesus, amen? But it didn't, bother, it didn't affect him. And guess what? He never sinned. He went into all these areas affecting so many people, and he never sinned. Look at Matthew, uh, Luke 15. Now, let's talk about the, the Dr. Luke for a minute. Luke 15, 1 and 2. It says this, tax collectors and other, here we go. We got all different kind of names for sinners. Look at this one. Tax collectors and other notorious we went from sinners to disreputable to notorious. This notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. Look at that. Just meditate on that. All these folks would come and listen to him teach. Wow. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. You know them, don't you? Them. 
them, them, all, them sinners, them, them. All. And you might think, well, you know, obviously Jesus was, th- th- those were probably really nice tax collectors. <laughs> th- those, pro- those tax collectors were probably churchgoers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, those tax collectors were straight up notorious sinner thugs. And they hung out with Jesus. They loved Jesus. They, they listened to him teach. They gathered around him constantly. And the religious folks, man, I tell you what, they just broke out in hives. And today this may affect you if you have a religious bone in your body. But I want to let you know who Jesus came for. And how we're to impact our society around us to be salt and light. Jesus had no problem flipping on the switch wherever he was. The darker the place, the darker the nation or city or school, the brighter the light. Would you do me a favor, light folks, and turn on, on the lights real, real bright for me? Just turn on the lights real, real, as bright as you possibly can get them. Will you do that? Let me show you something. How many are you just blinded by this light right now? Just, wow, it's so bright. You know why it doesn't impact you right now? Because it's so bright in here. You know, it's so easy to come on a Saturday night or a Sunday and, this little light of mine, I'm going to hide it under a bushel. No, I want to be in the light as you are in the, and we just shine on Sundays and we shine on Saturdays and, and Jesus is like, it's cool that you're shining, but this is not really where you need to shine, man. There's a lot of shining Christians on church on Sunday. Will you turn off all the lights, kill everything? But now look at this. And a lot of you, get, you, a lot of you Facebook it right now because I can see you. <laughs> see there? The light will just, just bring it to the light. Look now. Look how bright that is. Look at, why is it so bright? Because it's so dark. Come on, when you walk into another nation and you bring that light or you walk into that school and you bring that light or you walk into that office tomorrow morning, come on, shine, Jesus, shine. Shine, Jesus, shine. You can turn the lights back on. How many of you know it's so easy to shine here on a Saturday or a Sunday? Huh? So, What is it? Oh, I better turn. See, when you got the lights on, you can't even tell it's on. Can't even tell it's on. Why, it's so bright. Seth, will you catch that? Jordan, somebody. Thank you. <laughs> when we lived in Boise, we were youth pastors. And I want to let you know, let me qualify something. Because I don't have this all down. I have fallen flat on my face in trying to be light and salt. I've walked out quiet when I should have spoken up. When I should have prayed for someone, I didn't pray. When I should have told someone about Jesus and shined my light, I haven't done. You know what? I'm not perfect in it, but I want to let you know, I try to be intentional. Sometimes I chicken out. Your pastor chickens out sometimes. I hate when I chicken out. I hate that. But you know what? As I get older and older, you make me brave. You. I don't care what people think about me so much, and I'm just going to. Shine, Jesus, shine. We were in Boise, and I was at was a youth pastor at this mega church, and I was asked to do security at a, 
And I didn't know these bands, to be honest with you. One band was the Goo Goo Dolls. And two other real bands, right? They, they were real popular, and I was asked to go and do security with these other security people. And uh, it was the first time at the Boise Pavilion that they were going to allow moshing. How many of you know what moshing is? Raise your hand if you know what moshing is. God bless you. <laughs> Raise your hand if you've moshed. No, just teasing. <laughs> so there was the first time this huge three concert that was going to, they were going to allow moshing and we we're going to be security. And I'm like, wow. I remember that Radine went to a prayer meeting that night and they were praying for that big event because nothing like this had ever happened in Boise. And they were praying that God would touch them. And all of a sudden, I'm down there, you know, being the security guy, just being whatever that means. And, and all of a sudden, this woman just absolutely trashes her, her, her knee, just trashes her knee in the mosh pit. And I go over there, and I, I just say, ma'am, this is who I am. I'm a pastor, and can I pray for you? She's like... It's just like a pastor would find me in this place and pray for me. I can't even believe a pastor. I'm like, Siri, you know what that told me? That God was after that woman. No, I'm serious. She, God was after, you could tell. She's like, I can't believe you're a pastor. All I was salt. You know, there's a place of praying in the church, and there's a place of going. And there's a place of being, and there's a place of... Jesus never just prayed. He went and did. And he, and he, and he just absolutely invaded the culture that he lived in constantly. One day, I was on a boat, and some of the people that was on the boat was on that boat with me is in this room right now. And I'm going to tell a little story that really impacted me. I was on the boat and I got on the boat and this woman knew that I was a pastor in Radine. We pastored together and a woman looked at me and she said this right off the get go. She says, I am so glad that, and she was smiling like, I'm so glad that all paths lead to God. Bacteria started eating up the meat inside of me. I was like, the darkness began to take over my light. And she wasn't trying to be mean or offensive to that. And all of a sudden, you know, I took it, I thought about it. It just really messed up my whole boating trip. And then finally, at the end of it, I says, ma'am, I don't mean to be offensive at all, but I got to let you know something. Always do not lead to God. There's only one way that leads to God. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the light. And she just like, just. She, but see, you can't just be quiet and add to people's deception. You just like, I'm just a nice Christian. You can't do that. I get stuck in that too. You, if you just are so sweet, what happens to you when you're too sweet, Connor? You add decay to people's heart. You don't want to add deception to people and you don't want to add decay. You want to do it in love, but man, be salt and light. Amen. Let me, let me read this story to you. While on a maneuver, a battleship looked out, noted a light in the dark, foggy night. 
Another noting the light's coordinates, the captain recognized his ship was on a collision course with the other vessel. The captain instructed, signal the ship. We are on a collision course. I advise you to change course 20 degrees. The return signal countered, advisable for you to change your course 20 degrees. The captain signal, I am the captain, change your course 20 degrees. The response was, I'm a seaman, second class, you better change your course 20 degrees. By this time, the captain was furious. His signal curtly ordered, I am a battleship, change your course 20 degrees. The reply, I'm a lighthouse, you make the call. I'm going to finish with that today. If you know Jesus today, you're a lighthouse. And you need to tell evil and darkness to change the course. When you walk into that professor's class and they're a card carrying atheists, and they're out just to slaughter young Christian students, I want to encourage you, when you walk in the room, it's no longer just dark. Because light walk in that room. When you go into another nation and Don feed his Honduras, I want to let you know, it's just not dark any longer. There's light in that nation. There's light in Ethiopia. There's light in L.A. and Las Vegas and uh, uh, Lake City High School and Cap, wherever. Because you're the light of the world. Man, don't let the enemy blow your light out. Don't let the enemy intimidate your light. Be the salt and light that God, God calls you to be. Amen. Amen. You stand to your feet this morning.